0: What's wrong with you people?
1: Thank you for tuning in to Matter of Theology. Matter of Theology is a podcast production by Faithful Life Ministries where we seek to address church and cultural issues from a biblical standpoint. We desire to bring you biblical truths despite what the popular movements of the day teach or that building in your town that calls itself a church but really is an entertainment center for goats and children. Hello. (laughs) <laughs> is that new? Yep.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, continue.
1: We are on the Patreon. Intro, <laughs> yeah, we are on Patreon. So, uh, if you'd like to partner with us, head on over to Patreon.com/slash Matter of Theology and become a subscriber. We are in the process of making videos, putting them together, uh, and going to be posting those. We have a variety of plans for you to choose from, everything from five bucks to. Uh, sponsorship packages, um, one million dollars. One, five, one bucks, five bucks, five bucks, Million dollars. <clears throat> uh, but if you would also just like to donate uh, the conventional way, you know, write us a check or something. Faithful Life <laughs> Ministries is who uses checks anymore?
2: I was just about to say that. I was going to say
1: money orders. <laughs> I use checks, but that's for, for tithing. I use checks. But Because your church tracks it. Faithful Life Ministries is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization, so your donation is tax deductible. So reach out to us if that is how you would like to give to us. But on today's show, we are going uh, to begin a -a once-a-month series on ecclesiology. Now, when I say that, what I mean is, each every month we're going to have one week that's dedicated to something of ecclesiology. Uh, the idea is we want to discuss the inner workings of the church, how the Bible describes roles and functions of particular people and elements and contrast that with how many churches operate now on the basis of the culture. Now that is to say, uh, That churches today are operating pragmatically based upon the recommendations of the culture in order to make themselves more palatable or acceptable to lost people that they hope will darken their doors for the purpose of growing in number, popularity, and financial status. They are not, and I repeat, they are not operating on the foundations of God's Word, which requires that they preach the full counsel of God with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with the desire to see dead persons come to life in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit by the preaching of the Word. That right there is Romans 1.16. But before we can really get into the inner workings of the church, we need to first answer the question, what is the church? So today's episode is actually going to be really a basic overview where we seek to address this question of what is the church.
0: Yeah, and on the podcast recently, uh, we've been discussing some topics. Well, actually, every topic we've ever discussed in some way, shape, or form deals with and comes back to the church. And the reason for that is because these things we discuss directly affects the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, And the church is the body and the bride of Christ. Uh, J.C. Ryle said the lamb's wife, the ecclesia, or the called out ones, his temple, his body, his bride. And for the longest time, well, since the beginning of the church, she has always been under attack. And the majority of those attacks have come from inside the church. Uh, Maligning and degrading the bride of Christ is of the most egregious and heinous sins that are out there. And, you know, you've heard it say that how a Christian husband treats his own wife is a direct reflection of what he thinks of Christ. Well, I have a follow-up question to that. If that's the case, what does that say about us when we adulterate the very word of God to meet some sort of extracurricular worldview that doesn't purify his bride, but does the very opposite? We serve a big, God, and he uh, is a God of love, absolutely, but he is also a God of wrath. Remember those attributes. They are equal, uh, and right now there's a lot happening inside the church that needs to be addressed by getting back to the basics of what the church is designed for and who she is supposed to be. Uh, in you know, Last week, we discussed uh, the issue of discernment, or as uh, Dr. MacArthur says, discernment as Drew likes to point out, Uh, discernment, discernment and it it can be hard for us to discern what we don't know. And there's a phrase, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And so this once a month conversation will be an effort to help all of us. And here's why, you know, bank tellers, when they are trying to spot a fraudulent bill, they don't study the counterfeits. They study the real thing. Mm -hmm. Um, now now why is that? Why? So they're able to recognize what the counterfeit looks like. Uh, they become well, so.
1: Let me jump in there. The, the, uh, the, the counterfeit changes with the counterfeiter. So, like every, uh, every counterfeit bill that you will encounter, you can take a counterfeit bill from five different counterfeiters, and there's going to be some portion that's different.
2: Sure. That,
1: because, in order to counterfeit a bill, there's a lot that goes on. And so, uh, no one counterfeiter is an expert at all different things. So you, but the, you know, going into what you're going to say, you've got to study the real thing so that you can spot the counterfeiters, not just the counterfeiters, but in what areas specifically they are counterfeiting. Cause they may have areas where they're actually really solid and they're really good. Right. But areas where you can tell they're trying to counterfeit and bring something false. Right. Well,
0: and you know, I work for a company that's a premier partner of Apple and as a technician, uh, that repairs iPhones and iPads. And that's one of the things that we have to do as well is study. We study and know the ins and the outs of the devices. And so because there are people that make fake iPhones and try to bring them in and say, they're not working, send it off to Apple for a replacement under warranty. And they, voila, they get a brand new working iPhone when they never really had one in the first place. So the fakes will be obvious the more you study the original and the real thing. Um, and, and that's why we're admonished in the scriptures to study the scriptures. You know, the Prince of Preachers, Charles Adam Spurgeon, said this, visit many good books, but live in the Bible. So the more we study the scriptures, Orthodox Christianity, church history, and yearn for that discernment that we talked about last time, uh, the more we're able to and the easier it is for us to spot the fakes, the false doctrines, the unbiblical worldviews, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, Josh, what'd you have, man?
2: I was just going to say we need to be studying the inerrant, infallible United States government greenbacks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Legit
2: cachiche. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Richard Nixon. We should be back on the gold standard, guys. Sorry. Wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. So... Wait, I thought it was Jimmy Carter that got us off the gold standard. I thought it was Nixon. I thought maybe he started it, and Jimmy Carter put the uh, put the nail in the coffin. I don't
1: know. Maybe I thought it was. Carter. All I know right is all way. I know is he's not a crook. <laughs> he's not a crook. <laughs> I am not a crook.
0: <laughs> that sounds fantastic. Uh, so, so and and uh, again, one of the reasons that we want to do this, and uh, following up uh, from our conversation with Dave Jenkins on wisdom and discernment. If you turn to Matthew 16, the first part of Matthew 16, um, you know Jesus is, is, is rebuking the Pharisees and the Sadducees, um, letting them know that they can't discern the appearance of the sky, uh, but they can discern the times. Um, and, uh, and, and he reminds them in verse 6, uh, he reminds the disciples, um, Jesus said to them, watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And, of course, the disciples didn't really understand what he was saying, uh, and so Jesus rebukes them. Um, and, and he just said, be, again, he says it again in verse 11, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the, those that would come in and seek to push human tradition or rituals over Scripture. Uh, so so we, we have to start with the right foundation and the right hermeneutic when talking about the church. Um, that is crucial. Uh, so you continue to read in Matthew 16. Um, uh, and, uh, you see that Jesus says to Peter in verse 18. And of course this, this passage is constantly taken out of context. Um, but he says in verse 18, I will, I also say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. So, we have to start there whose church well christ church he builds it he cares for it um this is a and it's a trinitarian work Mm -hmm. um and and remember we you know i just mentioned that relationship between the church and the bride and husband so in in looking at ephesians uh chapter five uh, you know and i think that there'll be a, a lot of us that are familiar uh with this passage of scripture um but if i can get there come on that was a fun sound laundry's done what was that is that what that was Yes.
1: That
2: was awesome.
1: Do you need Uh, to tend to that, Josh?
2: No, I'm married. Why would I tend (laughs) to (laughs) that? Okay, I feel like I need to. Okay, let me caveat that. That was a joke. That was a oh, joke. Man. I'm the one that started that load, so I should mm. probably tend to it after the podcast. Okay. <laughs> so in I'm five. gonna, I'm yeah. gonna get flipping killed. Yeah. <laughs> so there's Ephesians. the video content right there. Yeah, Yay. there it is.
0: There it is. Oh. Ephesians five, Uh husbands, Josh. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Husbands, love your wives as Christ, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. Mm-hmm. So husbands ought also to love their own wives as their bodies as their own bodies he who loves his own wife loves himself for no one has ever hated his own flesh but nourishes it cherishes it just as christ also does the church because we are members of his body the true church uh dr jc ryle i don't know if Doctor. i don't know if he was a doctor it just kind of flowed there jc ryle uh, it said that the the true church of Christ is tenderly cared for by all three persons of the blessed Trinity. And this is true in redemption as well. And we we see that. And uh, so, so I'm going to pause there for a second before I launch into uh, easy, believism, easy, easy believism in the Lordship salvation. You guys got anything to add so far?
2: Yeah, no, I think there's, it's, it's, I think we, we touched on it and I think we're going to get into it even more, but you know, I think the reason we see the church in the, in the state that it is in today is because we have one, an unbiblical view of church, what the church is, but there's even a deeper reason. The reason we have that is because we have an unbiblical view of scripture because we have an unbiblical view of God, right? So like everything flows from that. Is that what you believe about God is the most important thing about you, right? You. So, what you believe about God is going to infect and affect the way that you view everything your marriage, your work, uh, the values, the convictions that you have, and yes, even church, right? So, we have an unbiblical view of church in 2020 because we have a drastically unbiblical view of who God is and what his word is, right? So, we need to start there when we're talking about how do we start begin to fix the problems of the church, right? How do we start to identify the problems of the church? It has to start with, well, what are the people saying about God? What are the people saying about his word? Right. And that, and that's, that's what, what we're going into now. We're going to be starting to identify the, the problems that we have. Um, yeah. So it, it's, it's, it, it's, it starts there. It starts there. It's not this, this problem didn't just pop up out of nowhere. Right.
1: Right. right, yeah. So, uh, you know, the first thing that I would like to get into is the understanding that the church is not a building. For For so long, people view the church as though the church is just a building, no. that, that they need to go to the building in order to be going to church. Well, that's not true. And in fact, in this verse, Chris, Matthew, of Matthew 16, that you pointed out, verse 18 when Christ says, I will build my church, the Greek word used there is ekklesia. That's right. Now, ekklesia means an assembling of people. Mm-hmm. But, but Jesus kind of elevates that term. It's not just a, a gathering or an assembly of, of any ordinary people. It's, it's actually it's the elect it's the people that he's drawing out and if you if you go back to J- go to john six it's the the people that god is drawing to himself out of right. the, the called out ones The yep. called out ones yep. yeah so so he's he's bringing to himself a particular people that are called to gather together so the the term ecclesia church in the greek means an assembly but an assembly of who the called out ones from Christ. Now the English word, um, it has to do uh, where we get the term church has to do with ownership. Mm -hmm. So it has to do with who we belong to. And it is us who are belonging to Christ that are the church. And that, that, that's very important because there is a, a well-known pastor here in the Atlanta area that did an interview with Russell Moore years ago. And he said that uh, in this interview, he was reading an email from an atheist that attends his church. And at the end of it, Andy Stanley said that the woman, he said, she ended the letter by saying this, I am an atheist, but I call, I, th- I think it was Brownsbridge, it might've been Brownsbridge Church or something I call this church my home. Well, at that point, you don't have a church because the church is the assembling of believers who belong to Christ. That is why, Chris, as you've already stated, we're the body of Christ. We are joined together with him.
0: Yeah, the, the Belgic Confession of Faith, which I am loving right now, uh, in Article 27, it says this, uh, quote, We believe and profess one Catholic or universal church, which is a holy congregation of true Christian believers, all expecting their salvation in Jesus Christ, being washed by his blood, sanctified and sealed by the Holy Ghost. Uh, And then later on in the confession, it says, quote, furthermore, this holy church is not confined, bound or limited to a certain place or to certain persons, but is spread and dispersed over the whole world and yet is joined and united with heart and will by the power of faith in one and same spirit. So, and that, that's based out of Ephesians 4, that last part. So, no, absolutely right, man. And that's, you know, uh, the, the church is not a building. Uh, it is, it is the, the universal invisible church uh, is Christ called out ones. And that, that brings me to, you know, uh, what I was going to get into next. And I, uh, Drew and I recently purchased the book, The Church, Her Nature, Authority, Purpose, and Worship by Jeffrey Johnson uh there it is right there uh and and he he opens the book with this quote this is the very first sentence these are the very first sentences of the book quote a church's view of god man and salvation has a vital impact on its practices and then later on in the paragraph he says quote what we believe about god man and salvation will consequently influence the way we do church so is a church theocentric or anthropocentric is it god-centered or man-centered who's our audience? Um, who are we seeking to please? And, and my mind went to Galatians 1.10, which says, you know, for am, I, for am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still striving to please men, I would not be a bond servant of Christ. And then, you know, Johnson goes on to discuss the two main views of salvation that we find in, in Protestantism today. It's either easy believism, or Lordship salvation. And just a few things about, about both that he mentions, but I think it's I think it's 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 good to mention this here is you know, the easy believism slash pragmatism is entertainment driven. It's consumer-based entertainment driven. It's it's the most widely accepted view, and that's evidenced by the entertainment-driven and the consumer-based driven practices. It's uh, the gospel's very watered down. There's a very low view of God and a very high view of man. There's, there's no repentance taught. It's not necessary for salvation. You can, you can make him your Savior now and your Lord later through sanctification, and that's not the way justification and sanctification work. They'll go on to say that, that all that is required is accepting Jesus into your heart, that simple prayer that, that you're, you're coaxed and persuaded to pray, after you've got some good mood music playing, the lights are low and you can hide in the darkness. Um, and and the sinner is capable of initiating regeneration, if they even mention regeneration. Um, you know, uh, preaching heaven's advantages. You know, it's not, it, it's, it's, there's no major sacrifices needed. And that ends up leading to a lot of carnal Christianity. And so what you end up having are churches that are full of people who recite prayers and assume that they're true Christians. And it, and it, and it fosters a business model environment, rapid growth. And, and that's due to selling out, and watering down the gospel so that you're able to clear the consciences of the goats instead of truly using the word of God and the counsel of God uh, uh, and, and, uh, and the Holy spirit using that to, regenerate people. Uh, and then you truly have what you see, of course, in scripture, uh, as, as, as a, as a new Testament church. Um, so it's, it, it, it really is, uh, you know, uh, he really does a great job of breaking that down. I'm going to read one quote here on page 18. He says, uh, quote, the church has switched from being an assembly of saints who worship God in spirit and in truth to a social gathering of nominal Christians who hear weekly motivational speeches about how staying positive and doing what's right allows them to experience their quote, best life now, close quote twice. <laughs> uh, so um, that's, that's, that's him breaking down easy believism. And and we have to be honest, right? We see a lot of that today. We see, I mean, there's a, there's a, you know, Josh, I don't know where it's, you know, what exactly it's like where you're at in Washington, but here in the Metro Atlanta area, Georgia, the, in the buckle of the Bible belt, as Steve Lawson would call it. We have churches on every corner, Um, you know, and it's, it's, it's you walk in and it's the same model. It's um, smoke machines, LED lights and big bands. And look, I'm a worship leader. And I love big band songs. I'm a big fan of some of that stuff. Uh, uh, I, I was for the longest time, but as I told Drew yesterday, just yesterday on the Lord's day, Um, it's amazing what the Lord will do, uh, when you let go of your preferences and just seek to worship him in spirit and in truth, it's amazing how he will help change your preferences Mm -hmm. for you, uh, to where now it's, it's incredible what I end up preferring. (laughs) So, um, we'll leave that there. So guys, before I move on to Lordship Salvation, any, any comments about the pragmatism and what that's done to the church and what we see?
2: I think one one way that you can identify, like if you're listening to this and you're asking yourself, okay, am I in a church that's like this, right? Or how, how do I identify a church that is having these types of problems? I think you have to, first and foremost, I think the dead giveaway that you ask yourself is, is the full unfiltered biblical gospel given right and centered in that church and by that i mean a gospel that includes repentance and confession of sin the need for salvation because of our depravity and the need of salvation because of god's holiness did you read my notes No, I didn't read your notes. (laughs) Your notes just copied what I was going to say. No, (laughs) Um, you know, that's, that's, you have to, that is first and foremost how you answer that question is, is the church that you are in currently unabashedly, unashamedly preaching Christ and Christ crucified. And what that means is preaching Christ and preaching the reason he needed to be crucified because Amen. of our sin, right? So and what you will often find, and I'd be confident to say probably 99% of the time in those churches that have these type of things that we're talking about, the more seeker, uh, seeker friendly services and uh, that that obviously are are very concerned about the aesthetic and putting putting on a performance and an entertainment and a show you will find that the quote unquote gospel that is given there through the songs through the preaching is a very filtered gospel
0: oh yeah
1: yeah
2: and the filter is it's 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 a very thick filter (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you will hear much about God's grace and much about God's love and much about the peace and the benefits of the gospel, which is all part of the gospel that you have. Right. But you will not be given the reason you need those things. Mm -hmm. Right. So be looking at that in the church that you're in, and as the churches that you're looking around, is it a full gospel? And not a partial gospel, because that's that is going to be the ultimate sign of whether or not the church is going or is either going in that direction or firmly
1: planted in that camp. Yeah. So so talking about pragmatism, you know, if you're younger and you're listening to this and you're going, well, what's pragmatism? Well, pragmatism is really just what works. And churches nowadays are looking for what works in terms of what are getting what's getting people in the door and what's making people stay what's making people feel comfortable uh what makes people feel very uncomfortable is the preaching of sin uh the sinfulness of sin and our necessity of a savior uh from sin and from the wrath of god um so dr white has said this he said what you save people with is what you save them to Yeah. So when, when their experience or their pragmatic experience, that got them through the door the first time when that's not met the second time or the third time, they're going to quit coming. So, so now every, every, every service has to kind of either meet that standard or exceed it. And I forgot, I forgot who said it. And I don't remember if it, if it was, if I read it in this book uh, by Jeffrey Johnson, but, uh, it, it, the quote was along the lines of, the church is to be in the world, but what we see is the world infiltrating the church. Oh, so sure. that now, the, the church is being governed by the culture, and the culture is dictating <clears throat> what it is that, 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 that they will allow in churches.
0: Well, a couple of things about that. You know, John MacArthur has been saying this for years. First, uh, first the world will try to dictate style, and then mm-hmm. when you capitulate to the style, then they they will try to dictate substance. And that's right. Uh, and, and you're seeing that now. Uh, you know, I was I was a part of a uh, of a church plant, and one of the things uh, that that we always said when we were when we were starting this church is, you know, we just want to give people Jesus, uh, because when you give people Jesus, you can't go any higher than that. If you, if you seek to entertain, you're always going to have to one up that entertainment factor. Mm -hmm. Like if you have led lights, well, you're going to have to have pyro the next time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then if you have one event, whether that be on a Sunday or during the week, and you know, you, you, you roll in AstroTurf and have a football game for a bunch of guys. well, then, then you know what, you know what you got to do after that. Then you got to bring in the bull riding because you got to, you got to, bump it up you gotta you gotta keep going you gotta keep Mm -hmm. entertaining um and and josh and drew you're absolutely right and that's what josh that's why i asked you if you read my notes because (laughs) the very next thing in talking about and this is what jeff johnson gets into in this book but this is so true is the differences between going to the churches that that uh that their goal and their audience is antithetical to what the apostle paul said in galatians like, they are trying to win the approval of man. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the antithesis of that is, you know, when you hear the full gospel being preached and starting with this, starting with the fact that salvation is for the glory of God first. And the problem isn't that, that sinners are going to hell, but the problem is that, that sinners don't glorify God, and sin is why. And mm-hmm. sin and the cause of its sin, depravity, mm-hmm. is man's problem. And so it's not about a free ticket to heaven, but it's about being delivered from sin's penalty and power. And we see that Matthew 121, John the Baptist said that, that, that right, right there. <laughs> so uh, salvation delivers us from that, from the penalty and the power of sin, justification. Uh, And and then redemption, Uh, we're redeemed from sin's power, Romans tells us, through regeneration and the process of sanctification. Mm -hmm. It reconciles us, salvation reconciles us to God through Christ, John 14, 6. And if you don't have repentance, you don't have salvation. Mm -hmm. And it's not that, it's not faith plus submission and faith plus repentance. It is faith alone, but faith is the root. Submission and repentance are the fruit. Mm -hmm. So man's greatest need is that man has a need. And if we aren't aware of that need, then we won't really see our true need for a savior. Um, You know, and, and right now, just as we're talking, I didn't, wasn't necessarily planning on going here. um, But my mind is reminded of Romans chapter eight, the beginning of Romans eight. So let me flip over there to it. Um,
2: well, and while Chris is doing that, I think to add some balance, I think to what, to what we are saying is that what we aren't, look, if you're, if your church like needs a paint job, <laughs> we're not saying don't modernize. That's not what we're saying. No, we're, no. Like, like, gracious, like if you no. need, if you look, look, I mean, I've been in some churches that still have like doilies from the seventies up, like <laughs> y'all got to modernize <laughs> that doilies that's okay that's okay to modernize all right right what we're talking about when when we're saying that the society infiltrating and dictating the church is what is being preached yeah, That's what just, is being oh yeah, said, yeah, yeah, yeah. right are you capitulating to the culture in that you won't talk or address certain things or say certain things that are in scripture because of the consequences, the societal consequences that will happen if you do that. That's what we're talking about. We're not sitting oh, yeah. oh, yeah. here saying, oh, well, you know, organs aren't in now. So, so <laughs> right. we, we have to have an organ. Like, you know, you have an organ if you want or don't. Right. It's, like, I mean, we're not talking... Mainly about the aesthetic stuff. We're I talking know. about substance. the reason, the substance, the yep. reason and the purpose that you do what you do, either in music or in preaching or the events. Look, if a church wants to put on an event that like has football for guy great, do it. That's fine. That I mean, that's not that's not what what we're talking about. We're we're not talking about having enjoyable things that you can do it's it's it's, it's when it's when that is the sole purpose of what you do as a church Mm -hmm. that's what we're talking about right church is an enjoyable place i love getting together and fellowshipping with my family in church that's fantastic but if that's all it is and that's all you do because society just wants fun and they don't want truth that's the that's when the problem hits
1: right right Right. and the the church is supposed to look separate it's supposed to be distinct from the world so when the church looks exactly like the world and when the church acts exactly like the world we have a serious problem
0: yeah and to to josh's point absolutely and that's you know and and that's why we started by saying you know that this this is this is foundational that this is the substance Uh, the sum and substance of the church is for the glory of god uh, and for the edification of the saints um, and uh, and 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 yeah, that's exactly what we're talking about. I, yeah, I'm not talking about aesthetics. I'm not talking about um, re- style even um, you know, I, I'm saying that if if from the from the pulpit um, from the pulpit and and as far as statement of faith and stuff that the church is supposed to adhere to per scripture, uh, if you're not hearing this um, and this is, you know, you're seeing the opposite, the easy believism and the pragmatism. Well, I mean, I would go so far as to say that's not a church. That's a, that's that's a, that's a, that's a club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's, yeah, a, right. it's a club right. now. Now, and I'm also not saying, let, let me, let me go out here and say this, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are those who would listen to this and, and think otherwise. I'm also not saying that God cannot use Seeker sensitive churches or churches that would hold to that easy believism or that overly pragmatic substance. If the gospel is preached, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then then the Holy Spirit can use that. I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that God cannot or is unable. I'm not Stephen Furtick. So let me just say that. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is when you look in scripture, if your goal and desire is to you love Jesus. You want to obey His what? His commands. Mm-hmm. This is what we see in Scripture. Um, if if you're not told, and 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 when the Gospels presented, when preaching happens, uh, yes, that Jesus died, was buried, and three days rose again. But if you're not told of your need for a Savior, then you haven't heard the gospel.
1: Right. Right. Now that goes right. into because we talked about ownership and who we belong to and who the church belongs to right so we're unified in Christ but there's a purity within the church and this is kind of leading naturally into the, sancti- the sanctification of the people right the because of the preaching of the word because of the gospel that that should be proclaimed to the congregation and out of that you see the repentance of sin and then you should see a natural growing in holiness of the people of the congregation. So uh, if you're trying to, you know, as, as Josh pointed out, determine whether or not if your church is one of this or what one of these churches looks like is the church itself as a whole growing in purity, growing in sanctification, growing in holiness, because that should be a fruit that comes from it. And if you're a pastor And you're not noticing whether or not your church is growing in holiness, that is a symptom from the pulpit. That means you're not preaching the word or assisting in the growth of holiness of your congregation. Well, I, I would say
0: I would say this as a little bit of pushback on that, brother. I would say this. I would say, yeah, somebody can be preaching the word; they can be rightly dividing the word from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. But if they're not following that up with true with shepherding, shepherding right. of the flock, then they're not fulfilling the role of pastor.
1: Well, that's not that's not pushback, man. That's just adding to. Oh, okay just, right, in addition bad. to my bad baby my bad. i'm tired i'm sorry Come on, um, bro.
0: don't yell at me Boys. i'm a snowflake i'm a snowflake I'm well just
2: yeah see well see and 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 part part of that shepherding again like we aren't advocating that you do your absolute best to make your church as boring as possible right, right. like right no no, no fellowship no. fellowship in church is fellowship among the believers is a huge part of being the church Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's huge right but it's not fellowship just for the sake of a good time like we have a good time and that's a good thing Mm -hmm. enjoying each other's company doing things that are enjoyable together that is beneficial that is good that should be celebrated in the church sure but Mm -hmm. when it's when when it's when everything is done just for the sake of that and not the sake of of Coming alongside each other, being part of each other's lives in community, in church for the sake of the gospel and bringing each other, walking with each other on the path of holiness and sanctification. If that's not part of it, then you're missing the actual reason that you are doing these things, right? Like I mentioned getting together and hanging out with guys and playing football. Or there's a group of guys in my church. We get together and we smoke brisket. It's a great time. I love it. It's in, it's it's some of the best fellowship I have away. with this. Yeah, right. Um, but what unites us is not our love of brisket, although that is, that is a huge, a huge oh, that's the, yeah, yeah. uniting factor. That is there. <laughs> but it's that we are part of a corporate body that is unified in Christ and we care and love for each other. Right. Check out that's one avenue that we do it through.
0: Right, Josh, and what you just said is perfect. Is perfect and spot on. Acts two. Right. Acts two, starting in verse forty-two, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, Mm -hmm. to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles, and all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they were taking meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day, those who were being saved. So just real quick, just breaking this down. Verse 42, they were devoted to the word. Devoted to the apostles' teaching and then to fellowship. Right. Notice the order there: the breaking of bread and prayer. Verse forty-three. They saw the work of the word through the apostles, many signs and wonders. Verse forty-four. They were again united together, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Verse forty-five. There was no need. There were no needs among them. Verse forty-six. There was more unity jesus prayed for that in john 17 they did life together with sincere devotion to the lord his word and one another verse 47 they had favor with all the people not by sacrificing the truth or doctrine that was the foundation Mm -hmm. but by their love for the truth and for each other it was contagious and then you see what happens he built the church Mm
2: -hmm. right and 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 the problem here's the thing the problem. In churches today, is that they do the outreach, but they don't have anything to give them afterward, right? If you want to invite a friend to a barbecue with the intent, like I want to get this guy in church, right? If you're just doing it just to be a cool guy and 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 that's the end of it, then I would say it's it's time wasted, right? But if but if you have these outreach things that your church does, like you're. Whatever it is. And you know, this is for the sake of this person's soul. I'm bringing them in here and I know they are going to get the true, full gospel. The problem is these churches today have all of these outreach things and they do a great job at attracting people, right? Mm Mm-hmm. But the problem is they're not giving them anything of substance,
0: right? Look at, look at missions. Look at, look at overseas missions, right? You see, you see people go and feed, feed the hungry, clothe, clothe the naked you know, provide medicine to the sick, but, but they leave and then there's no local church,
2: right? There's no gospel there's no gospel follow through. Look at what Christ did to take the man, um, you know, take the man, uh, that, that was lowered down through the, through the chaffs by his yeah. friends, right? Yeah. Yep. He Christ provided for his physical needs. He gave him what he wanted, but then he also gave him what he needed. Mm-hmm. Right. So Christ not only provided for the individual's physical needs and his physical desires, but he, Christ didn't stop there. He didn't just heal him and be like, Oh, you're welcome. You know, and then handed him a tract or something like that. Right. He <laughs> healed him. But then he gave him spiritual healing as well. It was twofold. Christ never separated them. That's right. Right? Mm -hmm. It was always one with the other. And that's what makes it so effective is that we as Christians, like it was talking there in Acts, they were known by the people Mm -hmm. for their good works, for their fellowship, for the love that they had. But it didn't stop there.
1: Right? Mm -hmm. Well, even – I mean, even – Go into John four and the woman at the well. She asked for a physical need, the water that would she thought right, there was right. no water that would make her not thirsty ever mm-hmm. again. But that's not what Jesus was talking about. He was feeding her spiritual need for salvation. So even her physical desire to have a need met, she, that wasn't even that wasn't even met. It was the spiritual need because Jesus saw deep down in this is what you really need. You right. you don't the the the, the spiritual water uh, is is a metaphor for salvation. This is right. what will make you not go thirsty. And then right. he's get fed that.
0: Yeah, and I you know I think of a modern example. Uh, you know, Drew, what you and I saw at Grace last year. You know you, you look at, you look at, I mean, and I, and I understand the context. Okay. So, but you know, you go to and attend a conference at Grace Community Church and, um, we were blown away. Mm-hmm. We were blown away by how people chose to serve. I mean, taking a week off, giving up vacation just to come and serve. I, I mean like elders and elders, wives serving food and, and their children and their children. I I, I mean, and you just, you felt the sense of that. Like, I mean, they literally, I mean, this guy gave a, gave Drew a tie because Drew commented on it and I know it's silly and I know it's stupid, but the dude was eager. Drew was like, no, 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 no. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. And the guy was like, no man, here, I want you to have it. Like was, and it was genuine. And again, Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, uh, it's a very specific example I know, but what I'm saying is it's, there are churches out there that do that. And
2: well, well, and okay. So here's here's a here's a crazy unrealistic scenario I'm gonna pitch to you guys, right? So All take take church ch- ch- is it church of or church at the the glades?
0: Church by the glades. I church exactly by the glades. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. All right. So take Mr. Game take, of Thrones. Right, yeah, right. So yeah, that might be actually a little too extreme for my example. But anyway, take take an example like that where you have a church that has, you know, thousands of people millions and millions of dollars puts on this huge event right massive event tons of people show up from the community what then what would we think because when we see that we're like well like of course this is just this is just secret friendly stuff what if at the end of that they smack them with a true unfiltered gospel we would have such a harder time (laughs) calling it out (laughs) um and, and well, again, instead of
0: saying that the gospel is hot guacamole.
2: Yes, correct. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but like, like one, that would be the last time that would ever happen because nobody would come back again. Right. So that's in right. that way, it's an unrealistic example. Well,
0: you know what? No, they, they would, you know, who would come back? The actual elect.
2: The that, rest yes, of the yeah, the actual elect. Because so. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, but like you have such thing and that's what breaks my heart. I think is you have such these, these, these churches that, that do this, they have such a huge opportunity. You have thousands and thousands of people coming to your church from the community that would never darken the doors of a church. Mm -hmm. You have an opportunity there to give them the gospel and to let it ring out to thousands of people. And instead you don't, you do nothing.
0: No, because the goal is themselves and the money that they make.
2: And that's the problem is if is is we I think we as reformed folk can often go too far on the other end and be like, well, absolutely no outreach whatsoever because that's just seeker friendly. It's like, no, 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 no. We can have this, I think, balanced center. Sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Where yeah. we
2: are caring for our community and doing things for our community, serving our community, but it is for the goal of the gospel going out to them.
0: Sure. Sure.
2: Right. And,
0: Growing numerically is is a good thing. Jeff Johnson said it in the book. Sure, growing yeah. growing numerically is a good thing, but at the sacrifice of spiritual truth, never should happen. Right, and I agree. Jo- I mean, the the church is supposed to be right. Second uh, Timothy three fifteen, the pillar and the buttress of truth. Right, and so so that that's it first and foremost. But the church should be the place that the community feels like it can run to. And it can, it used to to be, but but at at the same time, you have to understand that if you're going to remain in your sin, you're going to be uncomfortable because we're going to Mm -hmm. preach the gospel, the whole counsel of God, not just what Jesus did, but the whole counsel of God, we're going to admonish you to live, to be holy as he is holy. We're not going to tell you to just, you know, Hey, Christian Liberty matters. You can just do whatever you want and then leave it there without actually defining the fact that we are to give up that liberty to be a slave to all that we might win more. You know, we're going to preach to you the whole counsel of God and we're going to show that to you. Are we going to fail? Yes. And we're going to need you to come alongside us when we do as
1: we're going to come alongside you when you do, Mm -hmm. but it should be a place for that.
0: Absolutely. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the non-believer, the person of the world should not come into a church, sit down, feel comfortable, and then have the desire to come back because of how comfortable they felt. They should be uncomfortable, but they should be uncomfortable for the fact that their sin is being challenged. Yes, and that's what's being preached. Yep. Right. And that's that's the
2: difference. Is I think mm-hmm. again, you know, I want I want to be fair and critique both sides when necessary. As mm-hmm. I think one ditch the reformed camp can come in is they take that truth, like like if you're, you know. Basically, they take what you just said,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they use that as an excuse to be cold and cagey. Right. Right? We, in one sense, we, I want the unbeliever to come into my church sure. and feel welcome. Yeah. And yes. feel yes. loved. Mm-hmm. And in one sense of the word, feel comfortable, comfortable in that they are surrounded by people that love them unconditionally. Because That's... they are surrounded by people that remember where they were before Christ. Mm-hmm. the uncomfortableness or the discomfort i guess that's that's the correct word right <laughs> the discomfort Either comes way, from the exhortation of the gospel because right, the right. gospel is uncomfortable right yes. but 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 the discomfort should not come from the people it should come from the word of god
1: sure right, right. the gospel
2: right. the gospel is is uh, the gospel is offensive enough we don't need to be right. adding hot sauce to it
1: Right now, right. Th- and th- this goes back to when uh, John MacArthur was on Ben Shapiro, and you know he said, you know, my goal is is to offend as many people as possible. Well, he, what he means is is not to to be a jerk to everyone. Well, he it's, said what he meant. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's to give the gospel because the gospel is offensive, but right. we give the gospel with gentleness and respect. Right. It, because we know we were once there. So, so right. like you're saying, the discomfort, the uncomfortableness, the offense should come when the gospel is preached. They, they should be be offended by the gospel. They shouldn't be offended by how we treat
2: them. Well, well look at how Christ treated the, the downcast and the sinner. Mm-hmm. Look at who Christ was harsh with in Scripture. He was mm-hmm. harsh with the Pharisees,
1: mm-hmm. with
2: the ones that were just trying to lengthen the tassels. Right. He was harsh with the ones that were self-righteous. Look at the the gentleness that he treats Zacchaeus with, a hated, Mm. cheating, lying tax collector. Mm. He basically just, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm coming over to your house for dinner. Look, look, like, look at how he interacted with the people and the 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 sinners that were around him. Mm -hmm. Right. He gave them truth. He made them uncomfortable. He made the woman at the well very uncomfortable (laughs) by calling out that you've had seven husbands and the one you're living with right now, he's not even your husband, Mm. right? That was uncomfortable, but look at how he did it, Right. right? And like, it doesn't, I feel like we often, and I know I fall in this too, and it's a trap that I always have to pull myself out of is that I often feel like because I know I have the truth, it means I can say it however I want that speaking truth and love, I can say it however I want because the truth is the love. That's not true.
1: No, no, no. Right. That's not now, true. Now, I will say there is, especially in the actual church, there is a, a righteous anger we should have when people who should know better uh, mishandle the truth or we uh, will say... Uh, prostitute uh the gospel or worship uh and, and i'm getting that based off of knowingly, when, when, knowingly right when yes, jesus yes. When jesus cleansed the temple right and he drove out the tax collectors right right those were people that knew better but they were trying to profit off of off of uh sacrifices
2: right right there there is a difference in how we treat the lost versus the ones that know what they're doing right, and are exploiting the gospel and exploiting hurting people for financial gain, right? I'm going to treat those two types of people very differently. And we, we see Christ treat those two people very differently. Sure.
0: Yeah, I was trying to find a quote uh, in J.C. Ryle's book, "Warnings to Churches," but I can't. I can't find it now. But he talks about Josh to your point about Zacchaeus. Like he he talks about the fact that we have to remember that that the Lord. Look at Scripture. The Lord used the worst and the 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 unwise. And I mean, look at Paul for crying out loud. But the way that the way that J.C. Ryle worded it, and I can't find it now, but he worded it like he takes the most jagged, messed up. Uh, he didn't say janky, but I'll say janky rock and then smooths out those edges right. to fit you in to the building, mm-hmm. not the actual building, but the building of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. That, and, and we should never, uh, as, the, as his church, uh, Josh, to your point, we should always remember what it's like, uh, what it was like before Christ, uh, and then even those of us who fall and who fail, uh, and may do so publicly. Uh, we don't need to celebrate, um, mm-hmm. when, when someone's caught in sin, that's despicable. Yep. We need to, as a, as, as first Corinthians 13, uh, shows us, we need to come alongside and pray for and edify and lift up that person. Uh, yeah, I wish I could find that quote, but it was, it was really good, but that's basically what he says. Uh, that, that reminded me of that. And so that was good. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think so in so many churches today, we, so many churches in today are on one side of the ditch or the other. Oh, yeah. And we want to be right in the middle. We want to be speaking truth, but we also don't want to be cold, right, and, yeah. and angry. We don't want to be angry Calvinists.
1: <laughs> right. That's, right. That's, that is the because greatest oxymoron in the world. Yeah, because that's no Calvinist at all. That's right. No, it's
2: not. No, no, no. If you're an angry, bitter, prideful Calvinist, it just shows me that you don't actually believe in the doctrines of what?
1: grace, grace. Mm-hmm. well
0: grace. and remember it is jesus who builds and i actually found that quote uh he is the builder and he he doesn't make any mistakes and so if there's somebody in the church that you may not like because of where they come from or what they did it, it, it doesn't matter but jc ross said this quote great is the condescension uh and mercy which christ exhibits in building his church he often chooses the most unlikely and roughest stones and fit them fits them into a most excellent work he despises none and rejects none on account of former sins and past transgressions. He delights mm-hmm. to show mercy, and so, show, so, so
2: should we. Right. So how would we, I guess, as, as churchmen, as brothers, how would we encourage, I think, people who might be listening to this and are either in a church right now that they feel like is perpetrating this kind of stuff? Or perhaps their eyes are just starting to be open to the fact that they like, wow, like I am, this is my mentality. I feel like I need to be winning people to Christ with something other than the gospel. What's our, what's our encouragement to them?
0: Uh, I, I would say first and foremost, um, uh, what kind of leadership do you have in the church uh, that you're in? Do you have, is it elder led? Uh, I hope it is. I hope it's a plurality of elders. Um, my suggestion and advice would be to sit down with them uh, to, to, if you're going to raise concerns, uh, first and foremost, uh, you, you follow what scripture teaches. Uh, you do so privately um, uh, inside. Don't, don't create dissension. Don't get on social media, uh, necessarily blow them up yet. I would say, well, I would say never blow them up, but never bring attention to that yet. Um, have that conversation with them, depending on how that conversation goes. If they're willing to listen and you're using scripture and showing them that, you know, I, I've been at this church for blank number of months or X number of years, and I've never heard you preach on uh, sin and depravity and, and our need of a savior. Um and and depending on how that's received if it's received well and and uh you know the conversation is good um and the gospel is being proclaimed it doesn't necessarily mean necessarily mean that you need to leave Mm uh if they now if they don't receive that well and say you know start calling you a fundamentalist or a legalist or a macarthurite or (laughs) whatever (laughs) then uh then you know maybe you need to sincerely pray about uh Uh, you know, uh, moving elsewhere and getting plugged into a church that, uh, that does preach the gospel and uh, holds to the, and I think this is important, holds to the regulative principle of worship. Mm -hmm. So that would be where I would start. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course that's very vague and very broad, but.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good starting place. Uh, You you know, first look at the type of leadership that you have in the church Uh, and a plurality of elders is, I believe is necessary uh, and biblical for, for the governance of the church. Uh, secondly, lo- uh, right after that, I would ask: Are they preaching the gospel? Um, because you, you know, as long as they are preaching the gospel, um, people people's lives are going to be changed, right? Are they in the text, and are they preaching the gospel? Uh, there's so many churches that man, I can think just in the vicinity of, of mine and Chris's church, where they don't even open a Bible and they call themselves a church and they call themselves biblical. Well, they're not, if you don't even open the Bible, you don't know what biblical is. Uh, But they've got people coming in that believe themselves to be saved. uh, And then they leave, you know, out right out those doors and go back to living as they did before they even came back. Uh, and there's no heart change. Um, so I would say, are they preaching the gospel? Um, is there an actual text that they're talking about? Right. Are they, are they, are they talking about the text more than they're talking about their books? Uh, that's, that's something else that's important as well. Um, teach the text. Don't teach your book. Uh, no one cares about your book. Um, i mean that's where that's the second place i would go but it is very important i think as chris pointed out pull them aside talk to them privately uh you never want to uh resort to uh talking to other people about such and such in a in a bad manner right uh Whereas you're causing, you're the center point of gossip uh, where you're, you're the, you're the architect of that. Now, I mean, there's people sure that that may vent because, you know, they're just frustrated with some things, but uh, it needs to, it needs to die there. It doesn't need to be spread around. Right. If you, if I have a, if I have a concern uh, and I, I reach out to Chris, I know Chris is going to tell me, okay, well, you, you know, you can vent, but it just needs to stop here. Right. Or he'll tell me that's not a valid concern. Right? I mean, Josh would do the same thing. That's not a valid concern. I don't see any issue with that. Uh, I would just stop, tell you, stop being a baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't know what you were going to say there.
2: <laughs> baby. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> well, it, I'm going go
0: back to you real quick. Remember too, remember the whole, we, we talked about earlier, how do you spot a fake? How do you spot false teaching? How do you spot the counterfeits by knowing the scripture, by knowing mm. the truth?
1: That's right. Yeah, yeah. Make, yeah, make sure you know the scripture yeah, before yeah, yeah. you right. go in and talk to them and start saying, you know, I think this is what I've seen. I think you need to do this. I need. I think you need to do that. Don't go in there and, and start doing that. Um, right. And, and placing yourself on equal level as the elders, because one thing you also right. have to remember right. is work. that you god has placed you under under the authority of these elders probably for for a pers- for, for, for a reason now it could be to to open your eyes to how how this church is kind of governed and to lead you to the scriptures to study the scriptures and then bring it to them right but there is a a reason and a purpose why God has placed you under their their care. So you want to tread very carefully um, when you do that. You never want to go in as though you're the authority and that they must listen to you. Mm. Uh, but I would also listen carefully to their responses as well. Are their responses basically out of their own personal preference? Or are they actually out of the scriptures where they've taken time to consider what the scripture says? They've heard your point they've considered it and then this is just a determination uh, a a decision made by the elders collectively not just one person that says this is what we're going to do but the elders collectively that says we think this may be the best direction um for the church um and and depending on how that goes you could say okay well you know as long as the the gospel is, is preached here the bible's Taught here, you know, I've learned a lot, you know, about church history. I've learned a lot, you know, just about the Bible in general being here. You know, this could be a place where you stay, or it you might say, I'm not too satisfied with that answer. I think that that, that's not entirely biblical or whatnot. Um, and I think I'm going to start looking for somewhere else, but even then, there's still a a proper way of how to even leave a church. uh, when you've made that decision, uh, cause leaving a church is just as important as, as how you address certain situations in the church. Um, so if you find yourself at a church where you, you see some of these concerns, uh, you know, go to the elders privately, um, Raise your concern, but raise them on the basis of scripture alone, not on the basis of your personal preference as it collides with possibly their personal preference. Make it about scripture uh, and and make that the foundation and then go from there. Make your decision based on what happens after that.
2: Yeah. And, and you know, remember also, and this goes out to both those in the reform camp and those that might be hearing this thinking like, oh, maybe I'm in a secret friendly church. is. N- No church's theology is perfect. You're never going to find a church or a group of believers that have perfect theology. You're never going to have perfect theology, right? We're going to have perfect theology once we enter into heaven. So remember that. So because of that, you have to go back to, okay, what is the essential? What are the main and plain things that have to be in this gathering of believers Mm -hmm in order for things to be orthodox, in order for mm-hmm. things to be correct and biblical. Right. That's yeah. right. The true gospel needs to be there. It needs to be unfiltered. It needs to be correct, and it needs to be full. It can't be a partial gospel.
1: Mm-hmm. What
2: are they saying about the person of Christ? Is it the Christ of Scripture and not the Christ of their own making? Mm-hmm right what are they saying about repentance of sin and the necessity of repentance for sin and the holiness of God and the need for grace because of our sin if those are in place there is a lot that i think we as christians should be okay with dealing with mm-hmm. in terms of our preferences right yeah
1: the right. B- because the the music doesn't fit your personal preference that's no reason to leave a church as long as the gospel and the Bible are being taught accurately, right? right I mean, unless yeah. they're playing her, you know, music from heretical ministries, that's another thing. But uh, I mean, because they use, I'm trying for- to be good, Drew. Stop it. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I, I'm saying because they use a band and they don't use a choir. That's no. As long as 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 the truth is being proclaimed uh, faithfully, and you know that you have a, a faithful group of elders. That yeah. that can spot those false ministries and don't allow that. You know, the, your personal preference in music tastes right. is well, not a valid reason to leave.
2: And I'm going to say something here that's that's intentionally meant to to trigger Chris, but but say say you are <laughs> say you are in a church service and they sing a Bethel song. That is not cause for right out of the gate to leave. Have a conversation with your elders first. Yes,
0: I agree.
2: You do diligence, follow scripture in all humility and all grace. Have a conversation, do it in grace and in love. Don't just throw your hands up and be like, honey, we're leaving. Put the kids in the car. Make sure to grab our offering out of the plate on the way out. Right? (laughs) Don't don't be a jerk about it because here's the thing. You need to realize that sanctification is a process. Right, sanctification is a process. It doesn't mean that once we become Christians, we're not we don't have perfect theology. Right? There might be some people in church that aren't aware, that maybe aren't on social media a whole lot, that maybe haven't seen all the documentaries, that maybe don't know what's going on. And from just a quick glance of the lyrics, they're like, okay, I don't see anything, and they don't they don't know about stuff. So so don't just automatically assume the worst about your church leaders. Have some grace. Have some humility and go and talk to them. And then hear the responses, right? Mm -hmm. See how it's dealt with, see what's said, and then you can begin to make your decision. But have have grace and let your talk be seasoned with grace and humility. mm -hmm. That's right. right. No, (laughs) no. Hey, I'm not,
0: I'm not triggered. And the reason I'm not triggered is because, man, I have, uh, let's see, there's been, I want to say there's, one there's one Bethel song I've ever played, and I've played it a bunch. No longer slaves. Uh, I I I played that song a bunch for a long time, uh, and so, and it wasn't again to Josh's point. He's absolutely right. Sanctification is a process, um, and, and and just because uh, that you know the the person leading worship and or the pastor and elders, uh, even if they decide after knowing everything that there is to know out there about Bethel, uh, if they say hey. It's our, it's our personal conviction that we can separate the two. Um, you know, I would, for me personally, I wouldn't be okay with that, but I'm also not going to make a big stink on social media and blow them up publicly, but I would choose to quietly step away as I personally, I personally see that as a lack of discernment on their part. Now, now uh, I'll say that this too it's in love it absolutely is in love and it's being respectful uh and you're not going to do it in a way where you're walking out the door shouting heresy and heretics as you're leaving um so uh so yeah no josh i agree with you man nice non-triggered
1: well i wanted to read this uh this conclusion that jeffrey johnson makes um in his book on the, in the first chapter on the marks of a church. Um, Cause I think it, it sums up nicely as to what the church is. Uh, he says this, the church is the communion of the saints consisting of Christ's unified and sanctified people who have committed themselves to upholding the truth through assembling together with their ordained leaders as they give themselves to worshiping God by preaching the word, observing the ordinances and exercising discipline. Uh, I think that is a very good uh, summary um, of really what what we've also been talking here, uh, a summary of the church, but I mean, of what we've really been talking about here. uh, You know, we've talked about who we belong to. We belong to Christ. We've talked about the necessity of growing in holiness. We've talked about the foundation that that need that the church is founded on, which is Christ and, uh, his word, uh, the, the church should be governed by his word. Everything should flow from God's word. Um, but we've also talked about, you know, how we are to approach one another, uh, how we are to approach leadership, because um, those things are important. Now, the goal with these these episodes on ecclesiology is to now go deeper. Start start talking about you know the individual roles and functions within the church, uh, as far as pastors. What are their what's their role? You know, small groups are there. They can be very very helpful if they're done the right way. Um, but some 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 churches you know place that above the actual shepherding of the pastor to 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 basically make it where he doesn't have to do that that's the job of of the small group um so, you know we want to dive into things like that um so we really want to now get into the actual inner workings of the church um so but i think this was a very good overview of what the church is uh You guys got something to say?
2: Yeah, I just got a a a Facebook ad from Hillsong says time is running out. Grab this month's exclusive Hillsong team box, including two Hillsong Peacemaker T-shirts, an embroidered peace patch, and an enamel peace pin to put on your jacket. I take back everything I just said. Throw your hands up. Get the put the kids on the car and grab the money on the way out. (laughs) The only thing this is missing is a peace pipe. I don't even know. I don't even know what this. Just I. I have no words. We should just, we should end this.
0: Oh man. What in the world? Uh, Josh man. is about is to go
2: what off. Is now. A, what is it? Pe- what is triggered a now? <laughs> what is an embroidered peace patch? What in the world? is You know that? what?
1: For, from now on, Josh is not allowed to look at Facebook while we're recording.
2: Yeah. <laughs> He's going to get triggered. <laughs> we were done. And I was like, Oh no, nah, not well,
1: done. Uh, I'll, I'll say this in
0: closing. Um, you know, our, our purpose in this and, and to Josh's point earlier, we don't think that our theology or our interpretation of scripture or our views of ecclesiology, uh, Uh, is 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 inerrant um we are seeking to just once a month have a conversation uh about what the church should look like from a deeper level and again one of the reasons that we're doing that look at what's gone on in the sbc right now uh and the 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 drift from the sufficiency of scripture um and uh and then also to i mean d- just for reasons like that but then also i mean for us for like i said earlier for all of us uh this com- once a month conversation is for all of us and so that we're all able to be reminded of who we are supposed to be as a part of the church
2: so right on all right let's get out of here now i want matter of theology discernment patches can we, can we do that
0: <laughs> i like it I want a pen.
2: MOT like discernment. They have an enamel we, piece can we, pen.
0: Can we contact Pilot or Twisby uh, or Pelican and have them print Matter of Theology? That's on right.
2: Insta-ink. Let's do it. <laughs> and our Matter of Theology pens that work like three times.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're leaving. Bye. Out of here. <laughs> Bye.